Welcome to the Humanity Matters broadcast. I'm Dr. Philip Fletcher, your host, where we discuss and reflect on theology, philosophy, nonprofit leadership, and social justice. This is the podcast where we wrestle with the important question, what does it mean to be human? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another Humanity Matters broadcast. This is Dr. Philip Fletcher, and today we're going to hear a talk that I gave uh, concerning the future of white brothers and sisters in America. And so it's about uh, 12 minutes long, and so uh, check it out. And if you want to comment, send me an email, pfletcher73 at gmail.com. Go to the website where you can read the whole Uh, lecture that was given and look forward to hearing from y'all soon. And so here is the talk, uh, the public square, the future of white brothers and sisters in America. All righty. Welcome to public square. This month's topic, we're going to be talking about the future of white brothers and sisters in America. All right. So uh, as before, I'm just going to read my topic and then I'll hand a copy out and then we'll talk about it. All right. All right. So the feature of white brothers and sisters in America. So self-examination is a difficult experience. It requires a humble disposition to see the beautiful marks and flaws which distract from beauty. Even more so, national self-examination demands its citizens to reflect on where they have been, where they are headed, and what is their destination. As with all organized groups, there's a culture, there is a set of values, beliefs, languages, and customs which mark inclusion and participation. In our country, I want to humbly assert whiteness is the dominant culture, asserting freedom. It demands participation in this cultural experience. Come one, come all, be free. So what is whiteness? What was whiteness in the past? What, was, what is whiteness in the present? And what will whiteness look like in the future? So what is whiteness? Whiteness is a cultural experience. It's a belief, at least in America, in which it is the standard of measure by which all other cultural expressions and human experiences are judged. I think for most of us, we walk in American life unaware of its presence, yet whiteness casts its shadow over our daily lives. So what was whiteness in the past? The major American institutions, political, economic, social, and religious, are informed by this cultural dynamic. The nation celebrates men such as George Washington, John Adams, and John Patrick Henry, who are courageous and sacrificial British citizens, choosing to establish a new world separate from what they saw as British tyranny. The establishment of this new nation, that's the nation we live in now, carried a strange irony as a new tyranny was enacted upon the lives of an existing people to continue the expansion of this new experiment, and I quote, of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Well, at least for some. Well, what else is to be expected as cultures clash to maintain identity, maintain resources, and simply exist? So to the victor, obviously, go to spoils. The descendants with a Caucasian flavor created and justified a specific perspective of culture which would influence all of American life. I don't necessarily fault them for establishing this baseline for how to conduct politics, execute a particular laissez-faire capitalistic system and the religious dominance of Protestantism, 
In the grand scheme of providence, whiteness prevailed in America. Admittedly, it is in this cultural context of whiteness I am subject to develop this very writing, and it has informed my learning. So what is whiteness? Is it a way of speech? We're to speak the Queen's English. Is whiteness the accumulation of colonial actions spread throughout the world, manipulating, conquering, and redefining persons of colors as backwards and animalistic? Barring from the thoughts of black intellectual James Baldwin, maybe you can only understand yourself by forming a doctrine announcing my skin is cursed, my hair is nappy, and my lips are huge. Are we to understand whiteness as embodied in a group of persons who can only understand themselves in the context of creating others? Something to think about. So what is whiteness in the present? Depending on who you ask, Many would have you believe whiteness finds a home within its colonial impulses and intense desire to justify racial disparity and inequity within the election of President Trump and the conservative agenda. Yet we cannot consider whiteness with its colonial power and racial paternalism that it also finds homes on the left side of American streets. Whiteness in the present pulls itself up to the dinner table, not only in the mouths of conservative whites, but also in the coffee shops participating in conversations with woke folk, woke millennials, and lecturing in college institutions. For example, as a seminary graduate, I received no exposure to theologians who were persons of color. My exposure was limited to those European males coming out of Germany, England, Geneva, and Northeast America. White males who possess a specific view of God redemptive history and how human beings were to treat one another. It was not until I completed my master's thesis on black church leadership, I discovered theologians such as Lemuel Haynes, James Cone, Howard Thurman, and Willie Jennings. I had to move out of the segment of Protestant Christianity, which was so narrowly defined by whiteness, yet held itself as a standard for Christianity. There were more voices from different cultures which sought to express faith in an infinite God and life. Even today, with the many voices rising from persons of color, I have to ask myself if white brothers and sisters perceive a loss of place in personal identity. Persons of color are seeking to assert their value and presence within this American experiment. A reclamation which calls to account past sins and present situations. But what is the response? Charlottesville torches, Confederate rallies, what is more antithetical to freedom than a promotion of an ideology embodied in the Confederacy? An ideology which has no power, yet still finds few adherents and flies over some southern states even today. This ideology must remain buried in the past but remembered in our present and future reflections. 54 white supremacists indicted right here in Arkansas. Something to think about. What are we to make of these white voices and the sound of other voices? Are the voices of these fringe elements calling persons of color to remain in compliance to the cultural realities of whiteness, or is it possible white brothers and sisters are realizing the period of such a dominant cultural influence is now experiencing its swan song? I find myself treading on a very thin line here. How does one express his or her significance as a human being and then as a person of color within a culture which explicitly or more so implicitly diminishes his or her humanity without diminishing the humanity of those who identify with the dominant culture of whiteness. In other words, I love my brothers and sisters who are where and otherwhere 
of their whiteness. And so what does the future of hold for white brothers and sisters in America? Well, it depends on your self-identification. Identity is key to one's personal experiences. We are an amalgamation of a variety of values, beliefs, and customs and relationships which are critical to how we understand ourselves in this human experience. We are human beings and we have made significant progress from the past colonial powers which supported slavery, maintained systems of Jim and Jane Crow and segregation. We are human beings who chose to march collectively in Washington, D.C. to hear about a dream and braved Edmund Pettus to secure the right to vote. We are human beings who have come a long way overseeing the funeral of Jim and Jane Crow to where we are today. So I want to offer three encouragements for my whites, brothers and sisters regarding your future. First encouragement I want to offer is tied up in the title of the essay, quote, white brothers and sisters. We are a common humanity. We are family by origination of the dirt. The word human has its origin from the Latin humus, meaning soil. So if we were to look beyond our skin color, our languages, our national origins, we would feel in our hands as we shake hands, we would be touching the soil. The earth unites men and women for a variety of ethnicities, and we would be encouraged to remember as such. My second encouragement is built on the words of Frederick Douglass. So in 1865, Mr. Douglass, speaking to the Massachusetts Anti-Slavery Society, offered his observations regarding the future of Negroes. And I quote, what shall we do with the Negro? I've had but one answer from the beginning. Do nothing with us. Your doing with us has already played the mischief with us. Do nothing with us. If the apples will not remain on the tree of their own strength, if they are worm-eaten at the core, if they are early ripe and disposed to fall, let them fall. I am not for tying or fastening them on the tree in any way except by nature's plan. And if they will not stay there, let them fall. And if the Negro cannot stand on his own legs, let him fall also. All I ask is give him a chance to stand on his own legs. Let him alone. So white brothers and sisters, leave persons of color alone. You've helped with the war on poverty, and statistically the situation of blacks has diminished over the last 50 years. You have helped with the war on drugs, and persons of color populate more jail cells than dorm rooms of college campuses. You have helped with affirmative action, and now are we saying that my intelligence is not enough? All I ask is you give us a chance at full freedom, not the paternalism which echoes the dead institutions of slavery Jim and Jane Crow, leave us alone like the Asians, leave us alone like the Jews, leave us alone. I want to encourage you to see power and creativity lift persons of color to an atmosphere which is as high as we desire to exist. So this leads to my final encouragement and conclusion. So America prides itself on being the bastion of freedom. President Reagan said it, freedom is one of the deepest and noblest aspirations of the human spirit. In another place, he stated, if we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. So my white brothers and sisters who are my family, by uplift of others, excuse me, who are my family by reason of the soil and the reality we are made in God's image, use your freedom as a means to uplift others because our shared humanity, and not out of a sense of past sins or present guilt, yours is the opportunity to demonstrate Color truly is not a defining character in which a person of color can live free to pursue life, liberty, and happiness. What is the future for you? 
your future is tied to my future and to the future of Latino Americans and Asian Americans and Native Americans and all others who would call themselves citizens of this land. It will require some honest reflection on your part, which should produce actions which affirm human bodies and human life, not destroy them. So I close with James Baldwin, who observed about America, and I quote, any honest examination of the national life proves how far we are from the standard of human freedom with which we began. The recovery of the standard demands of everyone who loves this country a hard look at himself. For the greatest achievements must begin somewhere, and they always begin with the person. If we're not capable of this examination, we may yet become one of the most distinguished and monumental failures in the history of the nations. So what is the future for white brothers and sisters? All right. You can sit in that real quick, and then we'll talk about it. I was about to say, please, I didn't get a copy of, even if it's not just. This has been Humanity Matters, where we discuss and reflect on theology, philosophy, nonprofit leadership, and social justice. For more information, visit our website, philipfletcher.org. Like us on YouTube at Humanity Matters. Or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. If we remember to live in hope, we can do the impossible.